0: Well hello everybody and welcome to the Liverpool Echoes Everton podcast. Been a busy few days since we last uh, got together and it's Greg O'Keefe joined as ever by Tony Scott and the stat man Gavin Buckland. Um, We're going to start by discussing an interesting development. Uh, We've reported today that the Premier League met on Thursday evening to discuss amongst other things all the chief execs of, of the different clubs, all 20, got together in London to discuss the Away Fan Initiative. You may have seen this, the 20s Plenty campaign. Uh, uh, different groups like the Football Sports Federation, Blue Union, Spirit of Shankley are very keen to stand up for Away fans and get clubs to agree on a, a cap for Away tickets to encourage people to get to go to the game and make it more affordable. And we learned that the only club to stand up and argue for that was Everton. Now there was a vote afterwards. and uh, From what we can understand, some clubs voted for it, but the majority voted against, and it was unable to be passed. So there we are at square one. As a blue, I take some pride in the in you know the blues standing up and being the only club prepared to put the neck on the line, and ultimately a bit disappointed one well, more than a bit disappointed that in this era of money pouring in from broadcast and rights of records, I think eight billion yeah. coming into the Premier League next season, and not one of them could see fit to try and make football more affordable for your average fan, Gav.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I think they've been in over a few years, isn't it, with the overseas rights? Yeah, I think there's there's two aspects to this, isn't it? There? There's the way support, you know, um, obviously, you know what is it, fifty or sixty quid on some grounds, isn't it? For the you know, so could be seventy seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's story. The <laughs> so there's that aspect and, and you think the money flooding in, I think I think there's, you know, reducing the, the burden on away fans what's it, once you get into the transport and, and, and uh, so on it's, it can be expensive business uh, far more expensive than I was going away from home but that's the first the other aspect is the atmosphere in grounds is created by a big away following isn't it and it's one of the it is a goodison yeah, yeah definitely yeah. I that's yeah. Definitely right yeah, yeah. it's not a unique not unique to England it's like you know Germany they have great atmosphere they place it by don't they and they have like regularly you know, thousands go to, from away, away fans and it's important to retain that atmosphere because, it, you know, people go on about the sterility of Premier League grounds, and that will, you know, by sort of not making it a sort of attractive proposition for the waste forces to go, you're making that worse, aren't you? Yeah. So there's two aspects to it. There's the fairness, the 2030s tw- plenty, and keeping the waste support for the good of the, the grounds and the atmosphere. And I totally agree. I totally agree with it. I mean, cynically, you say, well, Everton recharge relatively well, I don't know what our rates tickets are, but it wouldn't matter if you're at Arsenal or something like that 50, 60 quid. You know, if it's 30 quid, just doing a massive if it's 30 quid, actually you're losing a, a supporter and you have like, say, 2,000 supporters a game. That's 60,000, isn't it? again they're losing over 19 Premier League games. So you're talking probably a million, million quid they're giving up. So that's. But the put income, it like that. Yeah, it is. Mm. The, you know what business will give up a million quid? Even like a Premier League club, I you say, could like I You know, you know all that money coming hundreds in, hundreds of millions of pounds worth of turnover. Um, but it's what and it, it, does. It go back to this consumer and fan thing that's had a lot of publicity that <laughs> I was talking about mm. today. If you see fans as consumers, you charge them the full price. I, I think know, yeah, was, you know, if it was a fan, you would have regards to their loyalty and stuff. Maybe
0: you'd charge yeah. them. I that don't know. There's something in that. I mean, I really do. I can't emphasise enough how I, I applaud Everton's stance there. And I suppose the only difference is that when you know consumer fan, as a consumer experience, Goodison Park is is a wonderful place. We all love it. With you know, with all our hearts, it's mm. somewhere we've we've grown up and seen some of the happiest times, some of the worst times of our lives. As well, but yeah. Equally, it's not on par with an Emirates Stadium or an Etihad Stadium, so maybe we're not as entitled to charge the top whack as those clubs. But ultimately, I think it comes down to essentially greed, doesn't it? Because, I mean, if they all agreed to do it, it wouldn't just be Arsenal losing money. It would be every single one of them. And that would mean that whatever X amount was... Unavailable to say Arsenal on transfer dealings, then it will be unavailable to everybody else as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, granted, they'd charge more, so they'd maybe be be
1: they'd
0: there lose more. House. Yeah. But so, I mean, what's your
2: take on it? I fully applaud Everton for for what they've done in this. I said uh, when it comes to ticket prices, I think Everton know which side the bread's is on. They know the majority of their fan base are working class from around the area, and they can't afford. 50 60 and as we've seen just across the park this week, £77 tickets, they just simply can't afford that. And even if they remotely even put an increase on them this year, it, say for Adam's sake, in a couple of years' time, if they even said, listen, your, your home match ticket's now 50 quid, 60 quid, £70, quid, the, the ground would be empty it would be empty. You've seen, a uh, one sense of Everton do quite well as with the youngsters. You can get a kid's season ticket now for 95 quid. You can get low and, uh, young adult season tickets. You can get them on the direct there. but they are really good the way they, the way they look after the fans, Everton. So, they really know how to look after the, the supporters. But I do applaud them for what they've done with the Premier League. As I said, the only club to do it. But what, what my take on is that why can't the Premier League, instead of going to a vote with these 20 Premier League clubs, why can't they just say, listen, this is what's happening. Every ticket is twenty quid or thirty quid, and that's it. There's no vote about it.
1: I think you've got to, haven't you? You've got to have fourteen clubs to agree to any any change like this. And I think the only got was the seven or eight clubs, I think, of which. Of have, which haven't the got, Premier League got the power to dictate no, this? I'm not aware of. No, they've got anything like this, which is voting for the, like changing the rules or like bringing in a new rule. You've got to have a minimum. I think it's fourteen. Uh, so they can't just mandate clubs to do that. So. Uh, I think. Sorry
2: that, to go. I think what's disgusting is that. It's only a small intake of their club's income. Yeah. is based on ticket sales. Yeah. They get mega, mega, mega
1: bucks from Sky and obviously the TV deals. This is just a drop in the ocean. So is, why are they doing it? Well, it's yeah. Say for play, say like Arsenal. Example, I don't want to pick on Arsenal. Say a club who lose a million pounds a year through this. If they've got a player it in and like say hundred thousand pounds a week, it's only like it's ten weeks. 10 weeks of his wages, isn't it? You mm. know, so in that yeah. context, it's like, it isn't. It's a good... And, 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 and that's it. And, and But it's an opportunity for some good PR, isn't it? Mm. it, it that's the thing, isn't it? It's, a, it's an opportunity for a good news story that they get accused of greed and stuff like that. It's an opportunity for a good news story. It and is. Get it out there. It you know? is.
0: And also, some clubs, not not all clubs, will sell out their away their away allocation week in, or every other week, sorry, mm. They would, I'm pretty sure, if punters knew they could get an away ticket for thirty quid
2: every week, whether it's almost United. Yeah.
0: You would have, as Gav alluded to, Bundesliga. You would have bouncing away sections, which in turn, I think, invariably leads to a good atmosphere. Anyway, lively home ends, and like you say, Tony, it's so frustrating that the Premier League can't impose it. But I think Gav's spot on; it, it's not able to mandate clubs to do something because. Ultimately, that confederation of clubs. They should be naming shame, really. Well, it, it? yeah, it is. And, and it, well, it it's is absolutely frustrating.
1: frustrating. But the, their businesses are, they and like the yeah, as well p- as the
2: businesses, the yeah. football clubs and the fans, they're not yeah. consumers, these, there's emotional stings to these yeah. to these football clubs and they don't quite grasp that, I don't no, think. No, and this is one of the things. And that's what they pull you on, don't they? It think. is this fan and consumer thing again, yeah.
1: isn't it? I think it probably, which is the other thing that's come up this week, isn't it? it is. And, and if, you, if one of the bigger clubs, you know, when it's like, Having a big football, you know, yeah, I know you mean. They're, they're not I know competing you mean. domestically, they compete with like rival clubs in Europe, aren't they? Uh, and I just think the income goes up next year effectively, and it's wrong that some of that income shouldn't be yeah. put back into the game, yeah, in yeah, a definitely. little way. So, you know? you've
0: been to, and I remember you went to the Allianz, didn't you, yeah, to, yeah. To, buy, to buy and watch Bayern playing? You know, you got ticked dead easily, didn't mm. you? You know, Bayern's commercial model. Is reputed to be up there with most clubs in the world. I was speaking to an agent last week. It was he, he literally was speaking. Uh, he was enwrapped by how good they are commercially in China. Like I say the Far East, the Middle East. Bayern Munich are a money making dream, money makers yeah. dream, mm-hmm. and yet they're not putting as far as I know. They're not like cranking up away fans tickets like your Arsenal's and your United's and your Liverpool's might be doing. So there's a way to do it if all the clubs agree on it. And you can still have a brilliant thriving commercial and make a lot of money.
1: Yeah, Bayern Munich do that. I mean, some of the other smaller German clubs is a bit of a bit more problematical for them. But it's just, it's just to me, it's an opportunity missed. It is an mm. op- with the money coming into the game ne- next year, uh, and about of, say £8 billion pounds worth of uh, new deals and yeah. stuff. And I think I think that that's sad, really. And I think. You know, Don't if, you think these the so called
2: bigger clubs in the Premier League, well the mega rich ones, they can basically say we know if X Y and Z fan doesn't go because of the price, a guy from overseas will take their place and spend yeah. mega bucks in our mega stores throughout the game. Well, so well, we're, I, we're not really uh, interested in that. Let's go back. Yeah. Let's go back to the Etihad. Mm.
0: They wouldn't put the kickoff back. Now obviously it was never confirmed why they refused to put the kick off back for the fans who were stranded like we were on M62 yeah, yeah. but the suspicion being that it was because they didn't want to clash with football supporters in the far east the middle east paying what you know whatever to subscribe towards the premier league so local fans ends up getting you know what on yeah while those fans yeah. got to watch the game mm. when they'd paid to watch it well yeah
1: near that. But, but... One of their arguments would be actually with the overseas TV rights being what they are, actually, they're paying an enormous amounts of money for us to kick off on time. And it's, it's a, there's so many different, yeah, conflicting, you know, conflicting mm. priorities for clubs, isn't it? That they've got to try and, try and meet. And know.
0: encapsulated in that is Arsene Wenger getting back to Arsenal. But he, he was asked about it this lunchtime and he said it's a vicious circle, the TV money coming in next season will mean players will have a higher value than ever. Clubs will routinely spend big, big, big money on transfers and they'll have to try and make up that money back in turn by putting up ticket prices. So, I mean, it's an interesting one. It's going to go back before the Premier League in March.
2: I um, hope oh, there's a bit of common sense. I, I the... hope
0: that this you know, this argument doesn't just fall flat till March. Maybe you know, the Football Sports Federation is doing a great job of trying to raise awareness. The hashtag 20 is plenty. Mm. Go and have a look at that on Twitter. Have a look at the likes what the Blue Union is saying, Spirit of Shankly, and I think we can all agree. Everton obviously can, but yeah. it makes sense to have a sensible fair cap on away ticket yeah. prices.
2: I've got to say as well, and it should it should come into play with the home tickets as well, especially what what we're going to be seeing somewhere at field. There's going to be a protest there for the Liverpool supporters as well. Well, I mean,
0: look, obviously this is a Blues podcast, but mm. what do we make of that? It's, it's interesting. I mean, we'll all be talking about it. I don't think it's ever happened before no, in field, Gav.
1: No, no. Um, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? But it goes, it goes back to what Tony was saying before about people, you know, if people don't want to go, there's people to replace them, isn't it? That, that's, if you've got a business like that, you can basically do what you want, can't you, really, in the short term. I mean, with Evan, it's, it's slightly different. Um, but... I don't know. I don't know how long you can go on putting up places until people put, well, I suppose people put places up where people still want to go to the game. It's a yeah. supply and demand thing, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Um, and while that demand's there to go to the game, people will put the places up to run like a, a business model, like a, like a business, which has been like that for donkey's years. You know, it's mm. not a modern phenomenon, but it, I've never seen anything like that locally. I've seen a few people work out to snap after 77 minutes. So <laughs> I've space. seen it earlier <laughs> than that
0: to say this week. So, which, mate, we've yeah, all got yeah. red mates, so and we'll yeah, all be, yeah. be
2: having a pint
1: tomorrow.
0: I can,
2: I can totally understand the theory in what they're trying to do. I said they've got to show the rest of the country, the rest of the world, the TV, the owners, that what they mean is business, and they mean, listen, we're not happy, we're paying this X amount of money. For the ticket, it's just not on. Over a thousand pounds a season tickets seventy-seven pounds a ticket. It's it. will stop. It will stop in the end because it'll come a time when everyone just say, "I'll bit the bullet. I'll watch on the telly and us.
1: Yeah, well, the, I, well, some fully that, will, that. That will what will change it? What will change the places? I'm. Mean, We've spoken about this before on 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 the podcast. What will change the place and suction attendance to the grounds is once at some point will happen in the future, maybe in the next TV deal, we can watch every game live. Yeah. Either like through it. TV subscription or online, or on Facebook or whatever you know, and that that will happen. I mean, it happens in other countries, doesn't it? You know, I think we, I think we, I think we're the last country out of the big leagues where you can't access every game live, um, uh, and you know that will happen. And it's been subject to at least one court challenge, hasn't it, mm. from a from a major um, company um, over restricted practices. And once that happens, then that that will change. Bet that you see that, that, clubs change. that, would, that may change then. the way the you, you see uh, you see things happening. It may change the way away fans mm. see games. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I would imagine in five years after the TV deal after this, I think that will be one of the options because we all know we all know there's you know pirates and let's face it, mm. and stuff. Yeah. And uh, that's one way of eradicating that, isn't it? Right.
2: Speaking of away fans, Greg. As we were there on Wednesday night, we see in um Newcastle League, they, did, they didn't fill their allocation, did they? On the um on Wednesday night, I think they left the upper bullens just totally empty. They brought must have brought about fifteen hundred down, two thousand tops. They left the whole upper bullens empty, but Do you blame them? What they see, for what they saw? Not really, no. You didn't they didn't turn you know, up, did they? Did the, the fans, play, didn't, <laughs> turn the the fans didn't turn up. Nah. The fans didn't turn up neither the players, so Although that was said, Greg, your thoughts on Everton's overhaul performance on Wednesday night? Well, as you know, uh,
0: I was in the paddock yeah. on Wednesday with my brother—a rare, a rare night off from the um, the sort of the reporting duty. So, obviously, saw that perspective of it. Our season ticket in our family is really close to the pitch, and you get a weird view. Mm. You know, it's certainly different from being in the main stand Definitely. where I'm used to being in the press box. Yeah. It's it's a couple of rows from the pitch side, so you get that immediacy you get you know, the players you can hear what's going on the throws the shouts it's good in that sense but equally you miss that perspective from the main stand of seeing mm-hmm. how our goals mm-hmm. developed and you know that yeah. sort of bird's eye view if you yeah. like but I loved it and I was quietly impressed, satisfied rather than impressed by the performance more than anything else the result and the game management I, f- I felt at 2-0 or 1-0 rather it looked like it was going to finish 1-0 at one stage mm-hmm. then obviously Ross Barkley made all the difference um, and we end up with a comfortable win and more than anything else it just felt nice to come out of Goodison Park without that toxic kind of nervousness and anxiety hanging over hanging over the place and I think it wasn't a classic Newcastle as I've said I thought were awful they'll stay up probably because they just do don't they but I'll tell you what that don't be I've got be some player for them. <laughs> but I was impressed by Aaron Lennon. I thought he was superb and deserves to keep his place, as I wrote on the, on the Thursday morning. Uh, hopefully, Lukaku will be fit and be able to go to Stoke. And more important than anything else, it's just that we can get back to back. Wins for if you know for the first time in ages. But Gav, yeah.
1: what did you make of it? I, I thought uh, going back to what you said, I thought Newcastle were absolutely awful. I'm not totally convinced they'll stay up from what I saw on uh, on Wednesday night, I mean I just thought they were they were awful. Steve McClaren yeah. wasn't
2: happy in the press conference was was he? Wasn't he? after the game. He yeah. was he was fuming. He
1: said he's he's just
2: yeah. told them to shreds in there, and we'll get a response on Saturday against West Brom. Yeah, so,
1: whether that happens? I don't know. I mean, and just but at the same time. I thought we played. I know there was one. didn't you see one fell out after the game. It wasn't happy, so yeah, yeah. But I, I thought we played. Well, I mean, I thought we moved the ball around well around um, mm. the pitch. Um, there was, you know, it was a bit, bit sharper up front. I agree with I Thought uh, Lennon had a really good game. Thought Cleverly had a good game. I thought, Thank you, Gav. Yeah.
0: Someone mocked me when I said man of the match a Big Tom. Yeah. I thought,
1: <laughs> and I thought, uh, thought Ross plays well. However, there we go. There, there was, you know, and I, I noticed Jason yeah. load <laughs> There <laughs> we go. I that was you know. <laughs> but um, there was that spell in the second half, wasn't it? For about he played like somebody said he played like Peter Beagley for five minutes. You know. Yeah. Um that he sort of like three or four times he's in good positions and he sort of never released the ball and then it was lost and you know I, I, the, it wasn't barracking but there was a bit of murmuring in, in the crowd. There was I, uh, and, I, I can did, testify yeah, to yeah, that yeah, maybe yeah. yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't, that you know because you know. Have you played against yeah, you Fans are entitled yeah. to say.
2: Obviously, there's a, there's a line where you draw across if you're yeah. criticising a player, but yeah. obviously there's going to be moaning and groans because I think what it is with Everton fans, and although we've seen one or two tweets, especially if there was a Daily Mail reporter who said Ross Barkley is getting dog's abuse from the Evertonians. Well, I'll go on record. The lad, nev- he's never got yeah. dog's abuse at all from the Everton supporters in the crowd. He never. What it is, I think the Evertonians, they know this lad's ability and they know what he's capable of. And when oh. they see him on the edge of the area and he's coming in, do you know he can stick on the top corner? No problem. Yeah. But when Ross wants to come back inside the game, but what I did feel sorry for him on which what which you think what the Everton fans got frustrated with on Wednesday, is that there was a lot of times, especially after Ron went off, is that when he had the ball and he was looking for different options in front of him, there was a Coney on the wing. Yeah. He was literally surrounded. He'd take two or three midfielders on and then he had no option. Yeah. So that's where the Everton fans were getting a little bit frustrated. Not probably with Ross. Probably with the team in general,
0: so so much of our attack and play on Wednesday night went through Ross in that like number ten role as he was sort of playing. It was inevitable that you know, and they were largely just reduced to getting men behind the ball. And as soon as he got the ball, they were getting men to him because he was clearly the danger man. And for any player, even one as good as Ross, it's difficult when you're surrounded like that. And I think if the frequency he was on the ball, if nothing else. Made it natural that when he didn't do, because as you say, they know what he can do. Mm. Fans were getting a bit frustrated. I don't think it was a case of him being singled out. I just think no. he was on the ball that much, yeah. And we saw clearly what yeah. he can do. Yeah, you know, we saw it in the FA Cup.
1: Yeah, and yeah, and it was, was one nil, wasn't it? And it was a bit of bit of touching so, definitely was yeah. so a few moments. Ross has got, I think it's eleven goals in thirty-one games this year. So oh, he's an assist he's, as, well. He's yeah, as well. Against nine goals in ninety-two games prior to this season, so he's basically overtaken his career in the space. <laughs> of of the space in the space of like yeah. you know thirty games. Uh, so where do you think his development is? Where, where, if if you're going to talk his career about where he's going, where do you think he is on the path to being a top you know a of first, top player? Yeah. With, you know where do you think he is on that sort I of I think slope? he's on
0: the start of a rapidly upward spike. Now, I think last season he, he, he sort of flatlined a bit, mm. and I think if, if there's a curve, if you can imagine like a big roller coaster, mm. he's just at the start of going up and up and up. Because I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. No, no he's, no, he's far from the finish that, there.
2: Yeah. That's up. But what I think he has massively improved on this season is his decision making in the final third compared to last season. I think it's improved dramatically. We've seen the goals adding to his game, like the confidence in his game now. You can you can yeah. just see he's flourishing, and he's an absolute joy to watch. And what I will say is, when we've seen Rom suffer in the last five or six weeks, I think Ross has dragged Everton past that. Do you know where we've been sweating, and we were all saying it a couple of weeks ago, "What happens if Lukaku gets injured or drop in form?" Well, Ross has just taken us through them dizzy spells, so he's got us to where we are now. So if Rom Sort of get his form back as well and add to that with Ross. As I said,
1: we can start going up that league finally. Yeah, I mean, there was there was there was sort of a moment on on I think it was the first half on Tuesday or Wednesday, um, which sort of captured those two things you're talking about there, Tony, where Ross pulled that great ball back from the byline with his left foot in he that took everybody out. Yeah. It was a great ball, and you saw where Ron was. And I think at Christmas, Ron would have been in the six yard yeah, box. Yeah. So but he was, like, standing probably six, seven yards away, you know. And, and going back to Barkley, though, I know what you're saying. I think it said before on it. I don't think he's going to want them and the are going to have, like, a sudden massive spike in, you know, you know, like, say, what Ronaldo had in, say, 2006. Yeah. I just think over the next three or four years, he's just going to gradually improve, MPU. yeah. I don't think you'll see a major, like, massive step change in it, is, yeah. is is, is his ability to change games, I think over the next two or three years, he'll just gradually. He's only 22, isn't he? Under yeah. Premier League games by his mid 20s, I think he'll be a different player to what he is now. It's but scary, he'll be, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, he'll be maybe, 10, 20 so Yeah, yeah. He's only 22. He's just turned 22. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's he's still got a lot, you know, like a few of our players there, I say he's still got a lot to learn, but he's been tremendous the last uh, three three games that City played as well, as well, didn't he? You know, I think he's, he's
2: the, the, he's the um, second. Youngest player to get to get under yeah. appearances for Everton, isn't it? Premier League,
1: yeah. Premier League, yeah, which is it's some goal, which it's is it's 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 so. so, so, so you know who the top one is, by the way. Michael Boat, yeah. Echo columnist, yeah, all-round yeah. top egg. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. You only say that because it's tweeted. it. <laughs> 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 so, Greg, just um, one thing I want to ask you as well, briefly, before we touch on on Stoke. The goalkeeping situation, obviously, Robles. You had to go there. Yeah, had you had to again? go there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just want to know your opinion on the fans' intake from around where you were sat. Were they could were they comfortable with Joel and goal? the truth be told, they were
0: palpably more comfortable with Robles in goal than Howard. And I just think Common Sense demands demands now. And the manager said, Howard's still injured. So Robles retains his place in goal, the Britannia tomorrow. And Common Sense demands that he he keeps it after that as well, even when Tim Howard recovers from this knock he's picked up. Rob Les stays and go. I just got the feeling that now it's a no brainer. The fans around were more comfortable. The defence looked more comfortable, to tell you the truth. They looked more you know, sort of assured that behind everything was getting dealt with. Um, he didn't have much to do. You've got to bear that in mind in, in sort of like mitigation. Yeah. He wasn't mm. tested by a very He'll limited tomorrow, Newcastle one. attack, and he will be tested tomorrow. But personally, I've got. Listen, he's not. We're not all of a sudden talking about a Peter Check in his prime. No. He's not brilliant. No. But he's solid and yeah. he's reliable, and you just don't feel more than anything else that he's going to throw in a random error that costs you a goal. Mm. Think, if you're going to beat him, point. you've got to beat him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: there's a couple of scary moments on Tuesday at Wednesday. I came up thinking it Tuesday. It was obviously uh, on Wednesday, but I, I, I agree with that. Um, but it's not whether the fans are comfortable, it's whether the defenders are comfortable, isn't it? They the, seem more the relaxed to me. You know. the defenders what a, good a person, it goes the two go hand, hand in hand. Hands in hand, yeah, the, yeah. To, to be fair, yeah. Yeah.
2: So going on to Stoke, Greg, he, he is going to be tested tomorrow. We're, we're, we're going to need a really good performance. and we say saying that Stoke... Massive performance. We talked about Stoke before, Amy, and they, they've won one league game since they, since they beat us in December. Knocked out of two cup competitions. So if Evan are ever going to go there and get results, tomorrow's probably the time.
0: You know, if there's one place I want to go and see us turn it on, mm. it's the Britannia. Yeah. Oh, it, 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 so much about Stoke I admire. They're you know a proper football <laughs> club. The fans are you know, good football mm. fans. Uh, the chairman's a local fella, spends a few quid. Yeah. You know, I do like the Mark Hughes former blue, but at the same time, do my head in, because
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> in do a sense, in. Who, in. who are they? Yeah. And, and yeah. you know,
0: They're bidding us for Shaqiri, bringing in all these top players. I don't sound like a spoiled kid here, but yeah. more than anything else, you know, they've just got to of this Indian sign over our heads recently in recent seasons. And I remember last season at the Britannia was one of the most <laughs> low points of oh, Martinez's wow. reign. I remember certainly this season at Goodison was one of many low points where we yeah. threw away that lead and end up getting beaten. I want to go there and beat them and shut up those home fans. Yeah. Shut up Delilah. And mm. it's a testament to Stoke, actually, that yeah. I feel that incensed yeah. by
1: them. You know, I, I think we can. But, the same about Stoke doing your head then, you know, but, but that's the way it's going to happen in the future. Go this, that's all linked back to what you were saying at the start of the conversation. The influx of money coming into the game means that, you know, you know, it's a regular feature of the podcast, isn't it? Mm. You know, those middle-ranking clubs that in the past have been below yeah. Evan and the Peck and that can now compete not just with Evan but with mm. clubs, probably yeah. so-called clubs, big, you know, bigger than us or bigger than yeah. than us. And so I think it's just something we've just got to get used to, I'm afraid, and sort of, uh, you know, that that's just going to make it going to be in I'd, the future. Yeah, i you know,
0: like, I've been a bit tongue-in-cheek. I don't yeah, deny that they've no, got no, a right to isn't. be right up in the mix. Yeah, no. And we shouldn't be, I, think not, probably, I don't think
2: we should, yeah. should be them. No, don't no, get me wrong. I we should be, be above them in the league, definitely, well, uh, in my I, opinion. I'm i a
0: feeling, that look at our squad and look at theirs, mm. they've got a great squad, but then you can talk about, what, as we have done,
2: whether we've been underperforming, I just think we owe them one, basically.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, last last year wasn't great.
2: Um, do you think, but, I'm sorry, do you think of Roberto Martin, as He hasn't got the best of records against Stoke, has he? Do you think Stoke are one of his teams where he can't basically get one over them? Well, actually, I
1: was going to point that out because though he's lost, Stoke have never beaten us in four four consecutive games. By the way, it's so, this, three, this on three on the spin, three, it? but prior to this current run. They were the club that he had one of his best records because he played them ten times as a manager and never lost. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That, that does surprise me. I think he'd actually played them at Swansea as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Why is he struggling on Everton? Well, it's just been a couple of a couple of things, wasn't it? Last year was a penalty at Gorderson, wasn't it? In the uh, um, you know fourth frame, you know. And the, but there's no excuses for the 2-0, was there, in, in March. It's terrific. Uh, but don't you think the sort of... Have we reached the sort of... The waste of the season's gone now, and that we've won two. I hope and so. That, and that we've got... I, feels, I feel in, so. Yeah. That, that perhaps be sort we've of like coming out of the dark winter and entering like a sort of early spring with two wins on the r- run. I, I mean, Alan Cambridge used to say years ago, as a child manager. If you're on the Premier you can get two pre- Premier League wins in succession. It just changes. A lot of things, and I think mm. we can go up to seventh, can't we? I think. Yeah. it's smart, Isn't yeah. it? When you think last you know, week we were so, talking about yeah. relegation, weren't we, yeah, we, you know, last week's podcast we said the importance of the next three games, the FA Cup game, and two crucial games, yeah. and we've won comfortably at Carlisle, and we've won comfortably against Stoke, against Newcastle. So, don't we think we'll be carrying that? That, that sort of feel good. What it's called? I it's think this is
2: a massive game for not just. I think this could be the momentum for the remains of our season because so we do get a result we do beat Stoke I think the confidence then two wins on the spin yeah. as you've just said the worst of the season is behind us we've got Bournemouth in the cup to come and we can kick on yeah. Yeah. but if we get beat or have a poor performance and then it's all supporters are going to be thinking it's just another
1: false. It's yeah, just back to square one. Well, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, this, yeah. I think
2: it's a massive, massive game. This it. is
1: effectively what it's been since the Bournemouth game, hasn't mm. it? We've had like sort of one step forward, two steps back, haven't we? Yeah. Since then, we've never. Read. We've we've ne- never we haven't
2: ever... won a league games, have we? Since yeah, obviously yeah. Newcastle yeah. on on Boxing Day, have yeah. we? So I think this is it now. This this game on on Saturday, this was the be all and end all for the season. You'll know straight away if this is the new Everton what we expect yeah. to see or the old Everton what we've yeah. seen this season
1: I haven't said that I think that you two play next week so Best Brom is it West, West Brom, West, Brom yeah. So yeah. I'll take, I'll take a point on uh, take a point on Saturday and West Brom at home next week you be hoping for us I to think it. yeah you would take you a, know, a point
0: not getting losing I agree with exactly yeah. with what Tony mm. said yeah. losing and you can forget the, the sort yeah. of the joy of spring just tantalisingly on the horizon because yeah. losing and you feel like you're right back in the middle of January, the yeah. early January, don't yeah. you? Rather, but yeah, a point and then you look at West Brom. But I mean, West Brom and all mugs. Yeah, well, because yeah. look at that, like fixtures, you know, <laughs> yeah. like uh, over Christmas, You're thinking, oh, well, well, three
1: points there, three points there. And do it does not You it. Like Swansea, Leicester, Stoke. Yeah, did. you see them. And we didn't win a game. So it seems it's tomorrow then. Coming back on Greg, you're saying a few good performances on Wednesday. I may out and bear in mind still, still have a reputation for, you know I don't really get this reputation still for being a bit of a direct team, it's not. Um how do you think we should set up tomorrow in terms of perhaps is our new sign available tomorrow, is he, or do we know? Well or, in typical Everton fashion,
0: yeah. we're gonna be left waiting until we get to Britannia because there's paperwork that hasn't been conclu- concluded yet. And Roberto said this morning that it's 20, the next 24 hours will be crucial whether or not they log the paperwork for the visa. You do sigh, don't you? Because it mm. just feels sometimes that there's other clubs who do a deal on deadline day and the visa's yeah. sorted like yeah. that. I don't know what happens with us. Uh, can Greg, I just you know, ask
2: his fitness, Greg, what's his fitness? Thing? I think
0: Roberto said he's not fit enough to, to start yeah. or play 90 minutes, mm. but if the paperwork goes through, he'll be on the bench.
2: Yeah.
0: And, you know, you'd have to ask the bookies what they think, yeah. but you, mm. you can imagine them coming on, you know, a bit of pace... Bit of directness
1: cut score
2: on the winner you know, I, you know to be fair and I hate hate having a goal plays I really do but Aruna Cone is just isn't doing himself any favors at the moment he I, really isn't
1: I I caught I know what I don't know whether it was mate on Wednesday I thought he came up and linked play I, don't know whether it was I thought made, he said that I thought they could I thought he, he, I he, could, I he linked and his, his touch was a little bit better than Roms. I, maybe that's just me. He holds the ball up well. Yeah, he does so, hold the yeah, ball you can't, up just, you can't just come on and hold the ball There was up. a point, yeah, wasn't yeah. there, when I think yeah.
0: a ball was played to him down the left channel. And fair play to him. He, his pace got him yeah. ahead of the play. Newcastle were on the back foot reeling. And all of a sudden he looked up and he had the final third to attack. And he basically flapped it. Yeah. He, he was looking left, looking right. Instead of putting his head down and turning on the turbo boosters... He just he's... sort of withered and went. our next minute he's turned back round and they've got behind the ball and it just the momentum sagged. I think they've
2: as you said they were with the momentum. We won the up. Getting time to chase that second goal to kill the game off and he's missing glorious chances and where it seems which one? More, well, he, he was too serious. One he blazed over the bar, and one he just missed. Really, yeah. it was an open goal. Ready, and he'd rather take the
1: defender on and then put it into the empty oh, net. I mean yeah. Yeah. yeah, and right. you go like, and yeah. just
2: put it in and kill the game, stone yeah. and
1: dead. So in terms of tomorrow, then going from stand up the pitch. It's going to be the going to be fit. Let's it's say it's going he's to going to be, be fit. So let's let's say Phil. Tomorrow.
0: Phil spoke to the manager, and I think fingers crossed, he reckons he'll make it. Yeah. Although it, it looked painful from where we were sat. Yeah. Colicini did him, by the way. He mm.
2: Properly yeah, did yeah. him. knee in the back. Yeah, it, how the yeah.
0: yeah. referee's assistant missed it, mm. I'll never know. Proper did him in the bottom of his back, the small of his back. It looked really painful. And said that that had effect, an effect on his um, neurological, basically, that right in the bottom of his spine, the lumbar spine. But he did it. And he couldn't, his legs were going numb. That's why he basically never came out for the second
1: half. Hopefully he'll be all right. So let's say he is. So we got Ron. So, so the three, assuming we played, Four, two, three, one. That's a human. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, who would you play like the three? You, you said before, Greg, that Lennon. I All think he should. Yeah, Lennon. No, yeah, Lennon yeah. definitely. He's been one of Everton's star performers the last two games. Do you think? Dare I say, De, De La Feu? Has he got a few things to learn from? Alan Lennon, Lennon? most yeah. definitely. He's on I spoke. Bench for me. I spoke yeah. to a couple
2: of fans after the match um, on Wednesday, and every single one of them, more or less, said that if. I don't know if um, Gerard De La can take one leaf out of Adam Lennon's attitudes and track him back and showing everything what it means to play for Everton, I said, don't get me wrong, Gerard De has got an immense ability. He's really, he's frightening to watch sometimes, but there's another side of your work you've got to do. And so if you've got to help Sheamus in defence and you've got to get up that pitch, and sort your fitness out. And look what Aaron's doing. In two games, he's already set in stone on that right side. So for me, Aaron Lennon's got to be starting and
1: then Gerard Delafay on the bench. Could have had trick on there Wednesday night, couldn't he? Yeah, yeah, quite easy. So then Ross, I think is it Ross. So, wide left. It looks like it'll be cleverly, won't it?
2: And then you've got Barry and McCarthy.
1: Who I thought
0: was nice to see them two reunited. I think one thing I
2: will say is that although it was great to see James McCarthy back, I hate... I to have a little pop at him, but I think he will always play the, the, the easy ball where there is a, there's a Mo Bessic in the sides. Yeah. He's more forwards, he's more offensively driven. Yeah.
1: Well, you know my feelings of McCarthy. I, totally agree. Yeah. I think he's only playing 80% of And he's got capability. that in his locker, McCarthy. haven't he? can do yeah, it, can yeah. it. I, don't, well, I don't, seen it. don't know whether it's tactics or the way he wants to manage it to play or the way he wants to play. So he's done Definitely more. Okay, so any what's happening with Bessage Is he... Uh, no, he's not, not
2: available,
0: available yeah, yeah. Think, um, End of Feb, he's
2: going yeah. to be out till. So we've done the midfield, strikers, and then on to the back four, Seamus and Leighton Baines, you think, will come back in?
0: I have to say, sorry, just to say Seamus, yeah, because we haven't really got another option. Yeah. You thought he was poor against Newcastle? Yeah, I thought he was poor. In I his final,
1: final ball and stuff, he, got, he got, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did his job defensively yeah. against a
0: limited, you know, CC didn't seem to want know, did no, he? no, no. Yeah. Um, so, so Seamus anyway Seamus, gets, um to Leighton
2: straight back into the team for the
0: for, Ovi-Edo. Me, yeah. for me Leighton goes straight back in but he was you know rested rested mm. if you like on Wednesday. Oviedo did really well. So on form. What do you reckon, lads? Do we stick with Brian or I, Bain- I think
1: he Leighton Bain's international class four isn't he? And his experience and so on. But I do like Oviedo. Uh, and but I think you've got to bring Leighton in, but you don't know. I mean I've seen something today about whether He's cleverly wasted we- the wide left, and this-, this whole thing about whether he should play Oviedo and Baines on the, the left hand side, which mm. is Be interesting know, to thing. see if but, he would know. ever go there. I
0: enjoyed watching Baines in midfield, mm. funny enough,
1: at Newcastle. Newcastle yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got Shirley Leighton, and then you've and- got the
2: two centers John Stones fit, Greg, or out, Real doubt. out. What I will say is that Funes Mori he's got away with a couple of howlers that are creeping into his game now. We see in a Carlisle. Really, he's just he's swiping yeah. at mid-air and he's getting away with it. He got away with a Carlisle. He got away with it at Newcastle. It's highly unlikely any decent teams that we play. He won't get away with it. He'll get punished. Yeah. So we need to radically cut that out of his game. Surely. Yeah. And then I mean, you know, that
1: will come with time, wouldn't it? And but I think
2: he's that, just swiping at mid-air, Isn't yeah. he? No, lad, just just. It just, it, I don't know, it just unbalances the defence. Everyone yeah. starts a bit to get a bit nervous, especially if you just 1-0 up or it's a tight game. You just need to so cut as that off. So, his
1: distribution is not, not as good as what you would want it to be, I think. Mm. Uh, you yeah. can't give the ball away out of defence. Yeah. But John Stones said that when he first came into the yeah. team and he, he sort of pretty quickly picked it up. You I, know? And I think Mori,
0: to his credit, put in a couple of really strong anticipatory challenges yeah. as well when mm. he's come out of defence and you're thinking... Oh, you're gonna to have to win this if you commit, yeah. and he did. He yeah. got the ball, and mm. it just nipped danger in the bud, whatever danger there was for
1: Newcastle. So yeah. we've picked the eleven. Just so, so. finally on Funes Moddy he's probably the only player we've got who's a threat from a set piece as well. Yeah, yeah I agree. He is. He is. He is. I mean, yeah. consistently, yeah. consistently yeah. finds mm. you know the ball, finds yeah. him in the air, in, in the box. he'll get about twenty-five to one for him. So can like can, I I can it? Yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Is that 20,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. We'll get about twenty-five to one for him. So. A little dabble on
1: that. Why not? Why not? The only thing I'd say is. Data fails five, Premier League goals two come against Stoke, so bring him on a sub. Bring him on a sub, we can Yeah, yeah. yeah. goalkeeper, obviously. So, to obvious be so he, he can score the winner, so to stop Stoke doing Greg's like heading. Yeah. So
2: amazingly, up. a positive podcast for the change. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> but, but so we'll I, go with predictions?
1: Ah, that's good news though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, guys, think it is.
2: No, it is refreshing yeah. to
0: look in the light of what you were saying, Gav, uh the difference a couple of wins can make. Yeah, yeah. And to put together Premier League back-to-back wins, I think by next week, we'll all have our feet up, shirts unbuttoned, (laughs) drinking cocktails and dreaming
1: of the summer. Well, we'll we'll do that regardless about whether it's a podcast (laughs) or not. It's Saturday night uh, night and one for uh, (laughs) South Parkside. Dreaming of uh, Europa League as well, you know. Oh, steady (laughs) on, Gab. (laughs) Prediction, Gab? Uh, I will go with, I'm going to go with the draw because that's what I said before wouldn't be the worst result, so I'm going to say we always draw one all let's go. Last last six visits there, we only scored three goals two own goals and a penalty. So uh I'm going to go for a tight one all. Well he's going to score an own yeah, goal go yeah. But he's going to score an own yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I'm going to go with the same scoreline we last won there. I think it was 3-2. Tim Cahill got the winner. Yeah, yeah. 2008. That's so right. yeah, I think we'll go there
0: and we'll win 3-2. I'm loathe to say we'll win because every single time I back us for a win we don't but funnily enough I don't think me saying this on a podcast has got anything <laughs> to <laughs> do yeah, with it what happens with yeah, yeah, enough yeah. so I think I'll back us for a win and I, no, I do believe that on the crest of a bit of a wave um, we'll go there and get results I think it won't be easy I think they'll probably score and uh, I think we'll win 2-1 so that concludes our business thanks for listening as ever we'll be back next week buzzing off a great win at Stoke hopefully I'm looking ahead to Ash Brom. Thank you.